cheers to episode 67. Cheers. Cheers. We got wine. Water. Bush light. Oh, baby. What can, what can was that, Evan? Was that their normal can that looked darker? It's in a uh, koozie. Okay. My eyes are so sharp. What a, what a pull. You weren't, you weren't wrong. It looks with water. Okay. Nice. Really sweet. Welcome to the number one sports podcast in the state of Michigan, still undefeated. The dynasty. It is like Nick Saban's tied. It's Tuesday. It's April 12th. It's 8.45 p.m. And spring has sprung in Michigan. It's spring. What do you mean by that? I mean, it's warm. We've made the turn. The Masters was this weekend, and it actually coincided. It's going to be 40 in like a week, dude. Note to self, Grant does not check future days of weather. Grant does not look at weather. (laughs) Let me enjoy. not the turn. Let me enjoy this. Let me enjoy this one weekend. Spring is here. Okay. Yes. It's Michigan. We're going to have another poopy week. Hopefully not a weekend, but a poopy midweek where days are cold. But just know it's like probably the last one we're going to have because once you hit the 70, 64 days, brighter days are ahead. It has snowed on my birthday in the past, just so you're aware. Hmm. I did Which not hasn't know that. hit yet. Uh, to preview the show, that was a little tease there for Alex. He wants birthday gifts coming soon. I don't need a birthday gift. We'll do our weekly check-ins. We'll do kind of like a quick hitting segment of like a recap of sports as well with the Masters. And then the Detroit Tigers, kind of first few games. Maybe we can do some like hot takes, like classic overreactions from what we saw from only a few games because those are always fun. And then the bulk of this show is going to be reviewing the Pistons season that was. We didn't talk much about them during the regular season because there wasn't much to talk about. So we're just going to briefly think about what we saw, what we know, what we don't know, and maybe what this team needs, like a little teaser for when the offseason starts up. And then we'll end this with... A snake draft. Now, everyone's like, the, the bulk of what I see online right now is the NFL draft. NFL draft. NFL draft. Don't worry. We're getting there. People might be like, you guys haven't talked much about the NFL draft. Well, our college basketball teams, we love that. So that was exciting. And then you have kind of a week off and you have the Masters. So other things have happened. But now we're getting into draft season. And we're going to ease into it with to brace ourselves for the inevitable bad that has hurt Detroit throughout the years. The worst draft picks in our town's sports history We'll each make five picks, and the range is from 2000 to present day. So that'll be a fun, but also kind of depressing. But we can, like, looking back and laughing at it, kind of way to end the show. And that'll pretty much be all for us tonight. So without further ado, the golf guys, how was, how was your weekly recaps? What happened to you guys this week? Um, well, I went home to my parental's home this weekend previous weekend and i golfed on saturday it's very cold it's like 40 degrees it's pretty miserable with a longtime listener ben shout out ben windy uh windy cold rainy just really terrible golf weather but got it wanted to get out gotta get out there when you see the masters right so that was 
all right. Um, and then Sunday, I went to my aunt and uncle's house for a master's party slash grandmother's birthday slash grandmother's anniversary. Happy birthday, grandma. Yes. So that is what I did. Good time. Drank a little too much probably on Saturday at the local watering hole at night. Mux. And yeah, nothing crazy. Nothing crazy to report on. I figure we don't want to talk about golf league until until the uh, end of this segment. Fair. I like that as a routine. What did you drink at Mux? What did I have? Um, I had some Coronas. And I had some summer shandy. Mm, Line and Kugels. Yep. Yep. Great can. That was on tap, so that's what I went with. Okay. Elite can. Elite can for that beer. Yeah. No can for me on Saturday. I'll and I played a- some pool. Oh. Pocket variety or billiards? Both. Billiards. <laughs> Both. <laughs> Uh, I was horrendous the first game, and then I had probably the best stretch of my life that I've ever played, where I made like seven in a row. I don't know what happened to me, and then that faded away in the next game. But it was a cool one game that I had where I just couldn't miss, and I was making shots that I've never made before. You always have that moment. Yep. I'll go here in the middle to break up some golf and give Evan some more chewing time. Evan, what are you eating? I'm eating just leftover chicken and rice. Nice delicious rice really easy to digest good on the tummy thank you um this weekend i went to the first ever spring wedding i've ever been to and i knew a total of two people at this wedding so that was that was interesting uh my brain that can't help but just thinking things are funny when they're supposed to be serious when the um person that was running the wedding the speaker said uh you know the two people that are getting married would like to thank everyone for being here for whatever role they've played in their life i just started giggling kind of to myself not out loud but just seemed like yeah this is i've never spoken to these people um but it was a very very fancy wedding it was at shepherd's hollow golf course in clarkston which i had never been on the premises of uh, i'm probably too terrible at golf to be allowed to play there the trees were phenomenal around there very tall not trees you find in this area of Michigan. Like I don't see many trees that look that amazing. And uh, the rain held off enough. The ceremony was outside. And it was kind of awesome because pulled into the parking lot. It was a 5 p.m. wedding. And just in time to hear Dan Dickerson erupt for the walk-off single by Javier Baez. So it was great to get that. Was doing some um, tweeting in the car. Uh, shout out to Marissa for helping me so I didn't have to do it incredibly illegally so that was great um snuck that in and then it was a pretty solid wedding i was on the uh, i would say my time on the dance floor was qual quantity not quality i was not giving it my all on the dance floor but i was out there almost the whole night so just you know didn't make any heroic plays was just was just out there and then on saturday the only thing i can think of is i had absolutely phenomenal donuts from a hole-in-the-wall type establishment they don't need any free pub but i'll give it to them it's called donut cutter which is a pretty funny name uh on woodward ave and it reminds us for those that know to come see of a levs type thing with the people that were at this one 
we're a little bit friendlier than what I've heard and I've experienced sometimes mm-hmm. at Lev's. Lev's, you really need to be on the game. They're, they don't like to waste their, their time there. And I don't blame them because they've probably been up since 4 a.m. baking donuts for our fat asses. So they just want to kind of get people out the door. Uh, but I, we didn't get there till like 1130, which is once you get there, you know, with the donut um, establishment, donuts could be gone by then. They don't like keep making them throughout the day. It's first come, first serve. And thankfully, there was probably like 20 donuts left. Just wanted six of them. I know people are shocked. Grant, you probably seem like a guy that would eat a dozen because I've talked about eating a dozen in previous shows. Um, but six was enough. And I just haven't had a good Boston cream in my life in so long. <laughs> yeah, Alex, you make that face. Boston creams, so good. Uh, phenomenal. And I'm dying for Alex to try this. And it's a crime that I haven't been there sooner. So that was very memorable from this weekend. Why don't you want Evan to try it? Evan can try it too. I'm just saying you live. That was super mean. You live seven minutes away from this place. So we, sorry, we Evan, both disrespected. You we like both, that. Alex, are idiots for not have trying, for not having tried this sooner. For living here almost two years and not having tried it, it is pretty embarrassing. I, I feel totally fine. Well, you shouldn't. Well, you you will know what you're missing out on when you try this Boston creme. All right, looking forward to it. Now, Evan. Let's see. Week. We can review. Um, I'm pretty sure didn't it rain all week last week? Rained a lot. Rained a lot. Yeah, rained so in Augusta too. School sucked. Augusta. Um, ESPN Plus bad coverage of the Masters. I mean, there was the feature groups, but I think the feature groups were that good from when I was watching it. Um, obviously, Tiger was in it. Unfortunately. Um, shout out Colby for helping with my exam on Wednesday. That was fun. Did you say unfortunately that Tiger played? Yeah. yeah. I'm not a fan of Tiger. I didn't care for watching him. I did watch him on Thursday just because everybody else was, and there was only two groups to watch, so I did watch him on Friday, yes. You under the weather? You sound a little sick. Because I cheer so hard, Alex. That's why. I don't feel sick. Cheer for what? You saw me yesterday. The Tigers. Oh, the television. You're so... Never mind. I'm moving on. <laughs> For the record, I'm a little confused too. He's well, he didn't sound himself. sick yesterday, and he sounds sick today. So I was just wondering what happened. I don't know, Doctor. Then you said over you here. were cheering for the Tigers. I did not. I was unfortunate. I wasn't able to watch the Tigers today. Um, moving on. Thanks for interrupting me. Appreciate it. You're um, no problem. <laughs> can do it again. Yeah, I know you will. Uh, so Thursday, watch the Masters basically all day. Uh, then Friday made the trip to uh, GV to Grand Rapids. Shout out Corm. Good vagina. Oh yes, new university. Call Renaming back. it Young Gravy. Um, Little Dicky. Uh, was supposed to have a golf tournament on Sunday, so Friday hung out, drank, had a quality time. Saturday did the same thing, hung out, drank. Went to the range. Unfortunately, broke my golf club. Well, my driver on the range on Saturday. Um, and got the bad news on Saturday that we will not be playing uh, in the golf tournament because the course is too wet and they weren't allowing us to have golf carts. So they Ugh. pushed it back to the 24th, I believe it is. Classic soft America we live in. I know. Come on, let us tear up your go- nice golf course. Um, yeah, but Great Valley was super fun. Uh, played a lot of pool. 
like Alex did, played some pocket Luger. or billiards. Um, both billiards didn't play that much <laughs> pocket because I, you know, I was only around with guys. So, um, it was good. It was a quality time. Oh, uh, let's see what happened. Well, it they, sounds like yes. you, you you made the most of it considering the circumstances. I did. It was. I enjoyed it. It was good to get away from East Lansing a little bit, hang out in a different environment. Um, and then golf league yesterday. That was my highlights. Alex, you want to touch on your round or my round first? Doesn't matter. Whatever you want. Okay, so we are facing the reigning third, fourth place finishers, I think. We are third place finishers. Not a sick brag, Alex. Can't see all the way down there on the bottom. Oh. <laughs> I think we finished the same as you or one behind you or one above you. Uh, you finished That's second? That's quite the outcome. That's quite the range. You finished third? Yeah. I think we finished fourth. Uh, back so to back we really place weren't finishers, looking bro. up. Um, cold, rainy. When I left East Lansing, it said it was going to be sunny and only a 30% chance of rain. As soon as I got to Jackson, it was downpouring and it rained until we got to like hole three or four. Unfortunate. Did not bring enough layers. I persevered. Um Played quality opponents, but they had a rough first start. Shot a 45, just played bogey golf. And I'm not really upset with my game, I would say, besides just me just messing up around the greens. I mean, I was two-putt and three-putt and everything. If not, if I did two-putt, I was just butchering chip shots close. T-box was fine. Fairway was fine. Get me close to the green. It was miserable. Uh, that being said, I did How many points did you take? Huh? How many points did you take? Oh, we took 20. We're tied for first right now. Um, 20 out of 30 for those listening. Correct. Nice. Nice. Just absolutely just molly whopped them. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think there was any highlights. Just overall, I was pretty happy with it. Being the first time out. Not that many do, good scores yeah. out there from what I heard. So I mean, I was kind of on the lower end. Do people just kind of uh, jump jump the broom and... and uh, drink too much on their first round of the year because everyone's just so fired up to be bad together? Um, I would say no. There's only a couple people. Uh, Rye guy is one of them. Uh, but most of the time, not until like the first like really warm day, and then that's okay. when it was possible. Most people the first week haven't really swung a club. True. So everyone's just kind of like trying to figure out how to golf again. Like uncomfortable and just stiff and yeah. feeling yeah. unathletic. A lot of bad scores week one usually. Um. Anything else, Evan? Uh, not really. Um, it was kind of a weird start because we didn't start at five thirty. We started at five. So when I teed off, I think only half the teams were actually at the course. I didn't see it. Yeah, I, had I just got. I there. barely saw anybody before. Um, I got back in. Mm. A lot of a lot of new faces on the league. I can say that. Wow, yeah. noobs, noobs. Yep. Yeah, got to teach, kick their uh, ass all year. Well, I played some noobs, noobs. some newbies. Uh, so the bad part about playing newbies week one is they don't have a handicap, so it's really hard to win because they're just going to get 80% of whatever they shoot, and that's their handicap. So you have to virtually shoot your handicap or better, and it's the first week. So obviously I didn't do that because our handicaps carry over. Uh, my actual golf game, hmm, my first tee shot went... 30 yards dead right behind a tree. 
Um, <laughs> so that was my start. I had to punch out, do all sorts of crap. Second hole, same tee shot. So we're talking 0 for 2 from the tee box. Um, and uh, six over through two. Gilway, or Gillen uh, fairway and regulation betters were just absolutely punching their television screens watching you on the first I two holes. I hit zero, zero fairways for the betters. Oh, my God. Imagine, par- <laughs> imagine parlaying nine no's. That would have been a fat payout. So, with that being said, uh, I never really figured out how to hit the driver. I kind of bagged it after a little bit. Poor driver. Um, hit my irons all right, you know, for getting the kinks out a little bit. Chipped decent. Did chip in for a birdie. Wow. The Scheffler. So, that was nice to get on the birdie lead. Or, I'm not the leader, but beating Evan in our side bet this year already. Mm-hmm. That we made after the round. Yeah, Asterix. So. You're muted, Evan. Mm, I, I forgot saying. about that. Yeah, asterisks about that, you know, kind of. But does the first round count? First round count. Mm, warm up round, like in bowling. It's up to you. I'll let you decide. I'm in. Where your where your integrity I is. I go back out. Oh. All right, but I get a half a birdie for all my birdies, and Evan gets a full. So sick. Brag. Well, you do have a hole in one, so. I do. That's the price me. you have to. That's the price you pay when you get a hole in one. You hey, shout half. out Cliff, longtime member at. Uh, he dunk one. Yeah, he had his eighth hole in one of his career. <laughs> what? That is impressive. Yeah, he was in there bragging about it. There I knew he while, had a so. few. That almost, that's crazy. It's a lot. There's <laughs> so many. Yeah. Um. Other than that, so like I said, we played newbies. They, uh, it feel, felt like they were playing pretty good, but they both shot in the mid 50s. Mm. Um, Wait, I'm my not, partner. I'm nine. Grant. No, they shot fifty on eighteen, and they broke the course record. So Both those are some good noobs. No, okay, no, just mid fifties on nine. Jeez, Grant, that I've seen you shoot worse than that plenty. Of I times. know, but I expect more of this league. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I, I think Evan's partners were both in the mid fifties too. So there was a lot of lot of big scores. I would have gone sixty five then. Um. Jeez. I play my partner is my uh, my father, and he he played well, even through five or six holes maybe, two triples down the stretch, tough, but uh, at the end of the day we took fifteen out of thirty, so we split, so only five points back after one week when there's eighteen weeks is not not that big of a deal, and Evan's gone from the Zoom. Yeah, he was he's frozen, but we, he gets back so fast. So I, I can see his face frozen for a while, just sitting there like, oh, he he definitely froze. Fastest yeah, I think joining back in the country. Weeks. That's a lot. That's a grind. Yeah, so a lot, lots of time to come back. So do you play each team potentially Couple. twice? Not every team, because there's fourteen teams. But most teams you play twice. No, you only play a couple teams twice. Got and it. position night, you could end up playing you, a team. You play everybody once, um, position yeah. night, so there's going to be an overlap whoever you played previously. You might not play anybody. Um, or the team that you played in position night the first night, you might not have played them already. Um, and then if there's no rain makeups, like last year that we didn't have any rain makeups, um, we played the first three weeks, whoever you played the first three weeks just over again. So we played, I think, four or five of the same teams. 
Yeah. Around, around like four teams twice, the rest just once, unless you play someone on position night. Yeah. Got it. Well, we transition with that golf talk into some national golf talk to recap the biggest golf event of the year, every year. And I'll start it. This Masters to me was boring with a capital B. Uh, and that's mainly because there's no real drama at all down the back nine. You could say Cam Smith dunking it on 12 in the water, but at that, he still wasn't really nipping there. Um, and, and I'm, as we know, I'm not the most diehard golf fan, and diehard golf fans just love watching good golf. So there probably isn't a bad Masters to them. This was a bad and boring Masters to me. But curious your guys' thoughts on on what you saw today or this last weekend. Uh, I would agree with what you said in the sense that to a casual fan, it probably sucked because um, no drama. But for me personally, I love watching the Masters regardless, and I like watching. You know, guys that are dialed in and playing well. I appreciate that. I'm I'm not the guy that wants to see just complete train wrecks on the golf course. I don't like when, like, the golfers, like, aren't beating the course and they're, like, struggling. Like, U.S. Open, like, impossible. I don't like that. I'd rather see him play in perfect conditions and just spin shots and dunk shots. I think that's way better. So, I liked watching it. I did not think it sucked, but I'm more of a – serious golf fan i guess i agree with that i like low scores i will say it is funny like you feel bad but also funny to watch a guy implode the way cam smith did you're just like oh my god like he might because you're just like on club throw watch you're like what is he about to do because it just yeah i felt bad for him and it's not relatable because he's still playing very well but it's relatable in the sense of how mad he probably was feeling in the moment evan your thoughts on the masters um, I was 50-50. I mean, I still fully enjoyed watching it. Um, just obviously because the scores weren't the best. And at one point, there was only like seven people under par. So I think that's why it kind of drew people away from it. Um, not a lot of good scores. So like the action is going to be as high or exciting. And there's not a lot of known names on the top of the leaderboard for majority of the rounds. Um, there towards the end, I know Rory played well. Colin Morikawa played well. But like the entire time was basically Scotty Scheffler and everyone else. So I think that's why people were a little upset about it. But other than that, I mean, I still enjoyed it. And every year there's going to be one tournament that somebody's, it's just their tournament and they're going to run with it. And Scotty Scheffler's playing the best golf right now. So number one golfer in the world. Tip your cap to him. Mother effing Scheffler. I went back. I knew, like, I knew of him, like everyone kind of did just lately when he's been on this tear. Um, and I went back to the Ryder Cup time because I remember I was like, I definitely tweeted about this guy. And what it was, I found the tweet. It was during the NFL season because I wrote, we interrupt your Lions coverage to let you know that this man is dominating world number one John Rahm. And it was just a headshot of Sky Scheffler <laughs> at the time because he was relatively, he's still good because he made the Ryder Cup team, but relatively unknown to most people. And it was just like his innocent looking headshot. Um, turns out he's like six three, like stud on the golf course with a dude. Some of his finishes on shots were unbelievable, where he was just like leaning back. There it is. There's that word. <laughs> some of his finishes on his shots were flashy. The way he would just like tilt back and like throw his hips through, and like he just oh, would try to like munch. Now? He would, he would try <laughs> to. He's not lazy on the bottom of his golf swing. I'll tell you that. Oh, he would yeah. just absolutely munch golf balls, like just trying to step on them. 
in the last round in the Masters. And then obviously his short game was so sweet. Uh, so that was cool. And then obviously the, you had the moment of Rory and Colin, which personally helped me. But just th- th- those two guys just like back-to-back making shots from the bunker was unbelievable. And I heard someone say, I think it was the four-play guys were saying, imagine that alex that was unbelievable that that is unbelievable just letting you know <laughs> that one just was that one know. was deserved but uh i appreciate that yeah, it was but imagine betting rory mcelroy to win that hole because like in the in the big tournaments you can bet who's going to win the hole imagine betting rory he hits it in the bunker like oh he makes it you're like oh my god and then colin steps up and also makes it that would be an all-time do people do those bets oh yeah oh yeah those are big. There time. was a bunch of player props, like who's going to win Amen Corner in the group, who's going to win on this hole. Were is you guys in party? on these? Or no, I gave up betting after the first round. I lost every single one of my master bets in the first round. I said I'm not doing this anymore. I saw my uh, DraftKings account just dwindle in front of me. Mm. Also, yeah, doesn't like- help. I was betting heavy on the Tigers on Saturday and Sunday after Friday's uh, opening mm. day. False, and, uh, false hope. Yeah, yeah. last. Last Masters, I got into like the fairway to hit a fairway, yes or no, to hit a green, yes or no, and like, uh, will will any of these three make a birdie on the thirteenth? Like, those are very fun bets because they're usually like plus money too. And if you can get a feel for how a certain hole is playing that day, you're like, oh yeah, Tiger's definitely gonna birdie this hole, and you can just place it. And it's it's very fun to root for. It's one of the more exciting, like, kind of betting in sports, watching golf and just rooting for a ball to hit a fairway with the tracer. Yeah. Uh, but I just did like three pre-tournament. Bets all on one guy, Morikawa, and just said, I'm just going to do that. I, I should say this. My betting was first round. I don't think anybody will have had, like, jumped out to a huge lead yet. And uh, I looked at, you know, Grant had money on Colin. I was like, you know what? I like Colin. He hadn't even teed off yet. And I was like, Colin's going to be leading after the first round. Not even mm-hmm. 30 minutes later, Cameron Smith goes on his terror, burning like four or five of like his next eight holes. And he's up to five, like 500. And I was like, well, that's over. <laughs> yeah and then yeah cam smith was crazy my last and then that hey, leads into our on day one. uh our picks recap we can just kind of look at oh. it on our first one well evan not so fast there was some uh but there's an eh uh so for alex you had dustin johnson as a favorite t12 made the cut adam not scott bad. long shot t48 made the cut not bad my favorite was Cam Smith, who finished T3. Didn't feel T3 because he choked so bad on the last day. Like, he had a real chance to win it. And then Max Homa, T48. Like, yeah, I'm Scott. Made the cut. Now, Evan did the old flip-flop, which is almost more impressive. Jordan Spieth favorite, miscut. Tommy Fleetwood, T14, as the underdog. <laughs> so, kind nice. of impressive if you spin his on it that way, that your long shot had some value. Um, and then my very last question. For you guys is if you were scotty scheffler on sunday stepping into the 18th tee with that narrow narrow little shoot there in the bunkers and all and all that you have a five stroke lead like he did are you winning the masters yeah yes i am i mean that's probably sounds arrogant but no i think yeah yeah jeez come on gotta make like a 10 or a nine nine to tie I mean, just uh, take nine, out nine. nine to tie, tie, ten to lose. Ten to lose. 
Just take out an iron and whack away. Dude, I'm man. definitely making a tenner higher. There's no chance I'm winning the Masters. Dude, I mean, I'm going to be nervous. Put your driver away. Oof, tee shot would matter a Dude, lot. Dude, that, that shoot if is you so the tight. Tee shot, it, 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 then... I, I swear that 18 t- <laughs> so like, tight. fairway, it just keeps keep on getting tighter and tighter every single year. <laughs> and they keep moving the tee box back, it feels like, and you're just farther and farther. Like, I would I would hit only my 7 iron to get there on close to the green. Because I'm <laughs> I, if I try a drive, it's OB. And What's I'm, the distance on the hole? It's... uh. Oh, I, hit, I have this pulled up. All right, at least I had it. Let me find it for you guys. It's it's well over. Like, I want to say it's a 456-yard par four. Yeah, no, I'm doing it. I'm I'm hitting, like, six iron a few times, and I'm just going to whack away on the putting See, I was range. thinking, you know, lay up, lay up. With that many Get to the green, though. and then four putt, boom. Yeah. And, like, the master's on the line, Alex. Yeah, I'm not pulling driver. If I pull driver, I top it, and it's going to be a really bad hole. But I'm just going to pull a six iron, which I know I'm going to hit at least through the chute. Yeah, it's 465. The chute is the biggest thing, because if you go left or right and you have to re-tee or anything, that's when it's like, oh, I don't think there's any chance I have. If I have a chance, if my first shot's OB. Right, that's why you pull an iron and you pop it through. And then just find a pedestrian and just let it bounce off of them. (laughs) There's also... Like massive fairway bunkers and massive green sign bunkers that we saw Rory and Colin make it off. There's no chance I'm even getting out of that bunker if I'm in it. The, how could. big it is. You can get out of those bunkers. But here's the thing if you make it into one of those bunkers, you won't lose your ball. You know where it's at. There's no trees in the way in those bunkers. Yeah, honestly, that's not the worst spot. If you're, tr- if you're just trying to make a 10, those bunkers aren't yeah. the worst spot because you know where your ball is going to be. It's only the only thing I would be worried about is the tee shot. I think if you get through the shoot, you'll be fine. Me and Evan, at least. I, I can about you, Grant. promise you if I got in either the left or the right side green bunker that my bunker shot would then go across the green into the other bunker. And I would just be bunkering back and forth until I made a 13. And then you could just would, take your putter. I would and put it out. The, Amanda Bellionis would have to call Rory because he already went home to his hotel because I was up five. Said, Rory, we need you to come back and put on the green jacket. Grant just pissed on his leg <laughs> metaphorically and literally on the 18th green. He's actually peeing. Dude, if you went in one of those bunk greenside bunkers, you could just hit it out backwards into the fairway and then chip back on. I'd be putting you back have on. have nine shots. I also think from everything I've heard, the undulations of the greens at Augusta are, we can't even fathom them on TV. We, we don't even know oh, how I'm sure the putting's hard. No one said that Evan and I are making par. No, I said I'm I, just I, said not, I was four putting. I'm just not making a nine. I'll be so conservative that Scheffler I make a seven. Putted. And he won. Like, and he's Scotty Scheffler, but I'm not. And none of us are Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, no, but no, no. I just wanted to no. see if I could talk you guys into it because it was like a no-brainer. Yes, no, there's no chance so. I'm winning the Masters. The only way you make that big of a number is if you lose a ball. If you have to take a penalty, yeah. then you could be in trouble. But I don't see it. Yeah. I'm winning. I think, it's, like an, I think it's an auto double bogey for all of us. And then that's where it gets interesting because two more mess up shots. You mess up two more shots and or no, three more shots three. to tie. Yeah. So I would play for a six. Play for an eight. I'm playing for an eight. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna accept the eight when I get the eight, but I'm playing for a six in my head when I start. So I know I can like I have some room to mess up. All right. Um baseball now, quick reactions again. We only seen a couple games, but Javier Baez is the best shortstop in the entire league. And Austin Meadows might be the best trade the Tigers have ever made outside of Miguel Cabrera. Overreactions. Uh, I was going to say Javi Baez also. The same. I was going to say the same things as you, really. 
Torkelson's a bust. How about an overreaction? <laughs> there you for go. That? Uh, Mize is not the ace on this team. Matt Mannion is. Yes, these are good overreactions. <laughs> Having their jokes. Relax. <laughs> Eric Haas better than Tucker Barnhart. Austin Meadows will hit 325 this year. <laughs> Akil Badu Meadows one hit will walk 68,000 times this year. Some pace. Yes, Robbie Grossman. This is actually a fact. Torkelson has been given the strictest strike zone in the league. From what I yeah, saw, I did I did see that today. That, that one screenshot of his at bat where he struck out and like Gross. all five pitches were balls was like okay, what whatever that ump is smoking, passing on. Cabrera is going to have 150 RBIs. Cabrera is winning the triple crown. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but seriously, this is the this is the beauty of it because like I actually saw people panicked about this team i think like legitimately after the th- last game of the white Sox series and it's like okay guys there's 162 games we need to pace ourselves like we're day drinking we need to start with water be around 500 what are we two and three right now yeah be around three. 500 at the end of may yeah because no, it could be I mean, a lot better than be eight fine. and 17 than you were definitely yeah, need if to- you're just not eight and 17 you're probably all right and if tomorrow all i'm saying is just sprinkle um Redemption, revenge game for Eduardo. Oh, yes. he's pitching tomorrow. Is that yeah. game at one? Yes. Do we have any night games for a while? Uh, when we go to Kansas City, most of them are night games. Because it's kind of hard to watch games when you're at work. You and know? if you if you need a spin zone uh, with your friends that maybe aren't Tigers fans or your coworkers that are like, oh, that Tortleson's not playing so good, just tell him that he went to Arizona State. He's a warm month guy, so he just needs to get like warm lubed up. up this, yeah, lubed up yeah, this he first had his couple first months hit today. Yeah. So he's back. I had that same spin zone. It was a pretty. It was a pretty bad hit. If, it if was lucky, but honest, it but. was a hit. He was yeah. born. Torgerson was born in 1999, and Rich Hill was drafted in 1999. Crazy. Joe Manning was drafted in like 2016. Yeah, he was in the minors for a while. He's been working his way around. Oh, Alex, player control. Service time. Five years. All right, we'll look forward to more Tigers talk. Hopefully they are relevant. Unlike the team we're about to talk to next, the Pistons were only relevant because of one player and one player only, Frank Jackson. Just Killian Hayes. (laughs) Cade Cunningham. Uh, all the Piston fans that are out on Killian Hayes at the beginning of the year and last year, and now he's turning into he's going to be a very, very, very good role player for the Pistons in the future. <laughs> oh, sh- told Grant okay. eight thousand times <laughs> that Killian like Hayes did play eighty two games until like a week ago. He's uh, played one full season. <laughs> yeah, no, I know he's young. I've tried to tell Grant this a hundred times. Grant told me he was out <laughs> in him in like week four. You guys are still talking to me because I think at best he's like our six man. Like he can be the backup point guard. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> well, you did seventh, draft him at seven. for the seventh pick, yeah. You'd like Wait, him to be the draft starter. picks that we've but had. He's still nineteen. Oh, he's still teasers. Yeah, <laughs> teasers. he's still nineteen. I totally get that. Um, and we'll get into like just potential things we think they could do. But I want to start with setting the table, so we really all know what we're working from here. So we were twenty three and fifty nine this year, third Yummy. worst in the huh? Yummy. <laughs> third worst. In the NBA, never uh, forget. Grant said this team would be playing mm, in the playoffs. Yeah, I laughed at him. Yeah, they should be playing right now versus that. the Nets. This this season was a disappointment <laughs> in in my mind. I, I thought this team why. would be better. Uh, top four odds for a top four pick are fifty two point one percent, and to get the top pick in the draft is once again like last year fourteen percent. In our last ten games, for you know 
keeping with uh, how good was our tank. We lost our last three, which was clutch, and we were four and six in the last 10. So we actually almost screwed ourselves out of getting the best odds, but we pulled together. We sat the right guys. Um, and then again, housekeeping, housekeeping things here. Points leader was Jeremy Grant with 19 points per game. He only played in 47 games, though. So just over half. He was hurt a lot of January. Cade was really the points leader in my mind with 17 points per game because he played uh, north of 60 games. Shout out right now for the Iron Man. Sadiq Bey played all 82 games. That is unbelievable. Oh, it's not unbelievable. That is rare in today's game. That is rare. Three. We're at three. And, in you know this what? show alone. It's something about Villanova guys because another one that played Mikhail all 82 Bridges. was Mikhail Bridges. I think we all saw the same post. But those Villanova guys, that Jay Wright culture, they just show up and they play games and they get buckets. Um, our assist leader, Cade, six assists per game. Chop Killian. You'd think your point guard would be able to have more. But on, Cade, because Cade is amazing. Take it easy on the guy. All right. All right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I'll take a break. Our rebound leader, Isaiah Stewart, nine rebounds per game. Pretty impressive for being undersized at his position. Shout out to Isaiah Stewart for grinding. Um, Say something nice about Killian. He's got good fashion. Good looking mm-hmm. dude. Boss. Good looking dude, boss. So I want to start with the more gen- broad question. What is your guys' grade for the Pistons this season on a report card? D plus. We went 23 and 59. I mean, I'm not going to say it. A- C plus? D plus. D plus. I said C. Yeah. I'll say C minus. All right. Right in the same spot. I'll go. You better say F because you said they were making the playoffs. I'll go D. Good. D's nuts. Uh, no, actually. <laughs> An actual D because there was like a little bit of bright spots. Like Cade ended up being what I envisioned him to be. And I enjoyed the Marvin Bagley acquisition um, later in the year. So I think they're building the right way. I just thought it was going to happen faster. Uh, so that was the main thing. Next question. How much faith <laughs> do you guys have in Troy Weaver and the direction of this franchise on a scale of one to 10. Eight. Six and a half. Oh, expand on, expand on that, Evan. What, what made, what gave you pause? We don't have a lot of, you know, validation or years behind it that give me like great confidence. Um, and I just hate the Kelly Olenek signing. Absolutely hate every single second about that. Um, so there's a, that's like just like hanging over my head, like hey. so that dropped him like a couple a, points because like like Kelly like Olynyk, a dark cloud. just solely based off of like I don't know what's gonna happen, and like he's drafted well, six and a half. When he drafts Chet Holmgren, then I'll never cheer for the Pistons again, and I will leave oh when you guys want to talk God, about it. Evan. Oh, speaking of that, Evan, I have bad news for you. Uh, I was reading a nice little athletic article today from James Edwards III, who is their athletics beat writer. He's around the team a lot, and he did his first mock draft scenario. And the first tankathon spin was if we get the first pick, and he picked Chet Holmgren as if because he was doing it as if he were a Pistons guy. Because he says the intel he has right now is that Chet sits atop the draft board for the Pistons. Oh, Chet didn't like Kay Cunningham's tweet that said Detroit versus everybody. That's true. Hello, Jabari did. That's true, and you cannot. You That's why you draft players. Friendship. Twitter. Yeah, it's the NBA, Alex. They gotta be buddies. <laughs> I just, I just want to see. Like, I want to give Troy Weaver some more time. That's why it's so low. I don't have, I don't hate him or want to get rid of him. Yeah, I just, I don't have like eight or nine confidence right now. Fair. Now, 
I guess to be on the other side of the coin, I have an 8.5 confidence. You're making me think it's too high. Uh, but it, we have to think about this. It was like a 9.5 going into the year because we did not mess up drafting Cade. And I like... Yours should be lower because of your expectations. But that also has to do with like coaching and players playing. Like Once he gets the pieces in play, it's not Troy's fault that... You know, it's his certain- fault that he took those players and that coach. It's actually all his fault, always. Uh, yeah, but it's also still like building. Anyways, the reason it's an 8.5 is it came down from like a 9.5 or like trusted him at everything because I like the Bagley deal. So again, he get, he got he, he stayed around in the eights. If he didn't make the Bagley deal, it'd be lower. Um, but I will say this, the Carson Edwards deal, not a lot of money, but very strange to me. I just don't know what we're doing, like guaranteeing someone two years on a contract for a couple million dollars. Like I just don't understand. Like the guy hasn't really worked out anywhere. I hope he works out and then it'll be like, all right, back up to a nine for Troy. But that was just a little head scratching. And so, and, and like I said, the biggest thing remaining for him in his grade, where I think his money will be earned is three things. Jeremy Grant, what do you do with him? which we can talk about briefly. And then this year's free agency class and draft class. This whole offseason is the biggest offseason to date for Troy Weaver. He came in. He did the kind of easy thing of removing everyone, but he did it kind of masterfully. Like, he did a very good job identifying uh, projects and get rid of like everyone from our roster that was terrible. And then he had a layup, not hard to draft Kid Cunningham, that was gifted to you. Now comes the hard part of trading a, like, top... 50 top 60 player in the nba production wise and then what do you do with free agency can you lure a big free agent so curious your guys thoughts on uh what maybe he would do that would tickle your fancy in the offseason sign a big name i mean it's pretty simple kyrie irving don't oh (laughs) no i just wanted to clarify what we meant by big name here uh, all right. Maybe not a big name for what people are thinking, but like the right uh, big a, name, like a like a Miles Bridges, I would be very excited about. Not a huge name, but a really good player. And am I biased towards him? Yes. He's yeah, really I wanted to be like, what what college did you go to, Alex? But I I, I can't even do that because Miles. Bridges <laughs> do I have a jersey? He's a great player. He's a yes. Great, he's a solid player. He's a solid solid player that this team can a use. good starter. No doubt in the league. Um, I would say sign somebody that's going to fit the culture and the scheme, get more athletic, um, and then draft Paolo or Jabari. What if they're gone, Evan, and we have the fourth pick? We're not going to have the fourth pick. For what it's okay. worth, if we have the fourth pick, James Edwards the third had Keegan Murray going to us based on his intel, that we would take Keegan Murray over Jay and Ivy, which I found a little interesting. I don't disagree with it, but I find it interesting. Okay with it. There's oh, literally only one person I don't want, so. Chet, you betcha. For the record, I don't want Chet either, just so we're clear. I agree. I don't want him as of now. And I don't think that's going to change based on what, I don't know. But if he falls to four and we're at four, I'm not going to hate it. Somebody come up and trade for him. Yeah, I like that. Um, I want to give out a stat line here of... And don't worry for those like more freedom talk. We'll get into that, you know, as the season. We got a lot. We got one show a week. We got safe topics for when they happen. We'll get more. There's lots of NBA playoffs. So much left. Yeah, we have to get to the playoffs first. But stat line. People love stat lines, comparisons, all that stuff. 
I found a nice juicy one from Cade's year and then a player last year. Cade's stat line of the stats that really matter this year, not all the advanced stuff. That's uh, that's over my head, some of it. Cade played 64 games, 17 points per game. I'm rounding up or down on depending on the .5 line, just so everyone knows. Six rebounds per game, six assists per game. So 17, 6, 6. 42% field goal shooting, 31% from three. So a little efficiency can be boosted there, but that tends to happen for rookies. He also was like taking like a bunch of threes a game. So naturally, you're not going to make up all of them. Now, John Morant, last year, rookie of the year, star in this league already. 67 games, only three more. 18 points per game, four rebounds, seven assists. So going back, Cade had 17, 6, 6. Ja, 18, 4, 7. Ja was a little bit more efficient shooting. He was shot 48% from the field and 34% from three. But just so we keep this in context, Cade basically walked into the league and put up damn near John Morant numbers. And John Morant was an MVP talks his second year in the league. So if you're going to get all aboard the hype train, I think you have every right to get aboard the hype train for our Cade Cunningham being in MVP discussions in by 2025 at the latest. And I fully believe that. I also have this hot take. I think, I don't know if it's even a hot take. I think Cade will look at Cade when he gets to as many years in the league as Devin Booker has played, as Cade being better than Devin Booker. Like that type of player. Like that good. I really do. Did, did you see the ESPN rankings of the top NBA players under the age of 25 today. I did see that come across my timeline. I think Cade will be better than LaMelo Ball as well. I saw he was ranked. I mean, he's like fifth in the top 20 of the 25. Yes. He's ahead of a lot of good, good players. Yes. I think a lot of people are high on him. As they should. One last tidbit of the stat dive. A big thing with Cade is he did not get a friendly whistle this year whatsoever. He only shot three free throws a game, which is pretty crazy considering he averaged 17. For comparison, in John Morant's rookie year, he got five per game, and Luka got seven per game. Luka Doncic got seven, not Luka Garza. No offense, Luka. Luka Doncic got seven free throws per game his rookie year. So if those numbers increase, as you do when you become a star in this league, only more points. He'll be a 20-point-per-game guy before we even know it. Very exciting stuff. Looking forward to it. Which is my question for you guys. The next one. Should Cade Cunningham be the rookie of the year? Yes. Yes. He has all the stats to back it up. And it's a joke if he's not. Driving but... force behind the, one of the lower teams. He had to do a lot more. Um, it's easy to succeed when you go into a better overall team. Uh, Cleveland, yes, they are young, but they have better talent on their roster. They're deeper. And same with Toronto. They have still had two potential all-stars i mean both playoff teams correct and so that's why everybody's holding those rookies mobley and scotty barnes above kate cunningham because they say well these teams made the playoffs but i think you look at the roster overall those teams are just better in general yeah a hundred percent we are like we still had like a ton of minutes going to frank jackson hamadou diallo and Corey Joseph. Corey Joseph. Corey oh, Joseppi. Like, C. Joe. There's just so many guys when you look at our roster of like the guys that played the bulk of minutes. Are really, Ugh. And are we all biased? Yes. Did, have I have I watched 
Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes play five minutes of basketball this year? No, not even five minutes. I don't need to, though, because I know... Okay, that does sound ignorant, because like, what if they are really good? They, they are, are good players. They but are. I just can't imagine they are closing out games in the fourth quarter, which is a huge mark of... All NBA games are kind of a joke until you get to like the last five minutes if it's relatively tight. And especially you can watch in the playoffs this year. Like that's when the cream rises to the top and you figure out who's legit and not. And Kate Cunningham, although it was a regular season on a bad team, he was the guy scoring eight to 10 points in the fourth quarter in crunch time when we needed it, going shot for shot with Kevin Durant in a tight loss. Like those other rookies are not doing that. Scotty Barnes might be a great defender. He's not doing that. And with Evan Mobley, he's not bringing the ball up the floor and creating shots for himself. He needs someone to enter the ball to him. So it's just a different workload being asked of Cade Cunningham. And yeah, should be rookie of the year. If you look at all the like the points per game leaders, which he is, they typically win rookie of the year. And like that alone with the amount of games he played. I don't see how he wouldn't. I don't think he's going to, which would be very sad. But ultimately, it doesn't really matter. Doesn't really matter. Financially, Scott, a little Barnes bit is good. Like hypothetically, I think you kind of chopped him too much. Hypothetically, if you took like a profit boost on DraftKings the night of the draft uh, for him, that would be pretty sweet if that came to fruition. But other than that, it doesn't really matter. No, doesn't really matter. And he could still win. It's not like the voting is is out and we know he lost. But right? if he doesn't win, there's no reason why us three should not get all NBA in Rookie of the Year award votes. We 100% should be a media member crew that gets to decide uh, these awards. Regardless of what that result is, we should have votes. But, you know, someday. Well, if they give it to Kate, I'm going to be I trust the people in charge right now. <laughs> I trust ourselves. Um, and then my last question, a little teasing into the future as well, is in your guys' opinion... Try to sum it down to one main thing, and then you can kind of go off to maybe one B or one C. But what is the main thing that this team is missing to make that coveted play in tournament or make a push for the division in playoffs? What's missing? Athletic depth on the roster. So you're saying like when, and I, I agree with that. Like so, when our second unit comes in, it's not just like an automatic ten point run for the other team. Like we need to be more well-rounded where we're not giving up the first unit's effort. You need solid names and solid athletic players coming off the bench that you know can probably hang in there or even get a bucket by themselves. You're not looking at the second group coming in, half of them, you're like, oh, this guy's coming in. All right. Like a great guy for the second unit one day would be Killian Hayes. You know, have that guy Mm. come off the bench and just keep things afloat, keep things moving. Still wouldn't mind if he was a six-man. If he's nope. good, sure. I would, I would, Killian Hayes would be a great six man. Andre Iguodala was the six man and he won it. NBA Finals MVP. Now, well, Alex, he started in those games because they did the whole five small guys. Six man. Draymond Green was the six man as well. Again, he started in those finals. But, anyways, uh, so I agree depth is important for this team, but I'll do something different. I'll say another dude, like a top. 25 player in the league type of like star like another star to pair with Cade because I don't think anyone on the roster is uh, a star good players but Sadiq is not a star I think he's going to be a star he could be I'm just saying as of right now Sadiq could pull like a Rip Hamilton all-star appearance out of his butt one year like you know he just I mean I don't think we're gonna look at Sadiq Bay like we look at some of the other 
second stars on t- teams right now. Like, uh, are we going to look at Sadiq Bay like a Chris Middleton? I was just about to say that. Yes. By the time he's that age, yes. He'll be he as good. Very well could be. Yeah. Like, I definitely think Sadiq Bay could average 20 points in a playoff series when it matters when he's like 27 years old. Hey, I like Sadiq, so I hope he is. But I still think we need another dude. So, and that's a perfect point because that was my main thing. I'll I'll pivot, but I want to go back to Alex's. I'll you know what? I'll do Alex's point now just to keep that flowing. I my initial thought was we need another twenty point per game guy. But if you want to go contrarian to Alex, you could do because I was looking at kind of the teams that are top of the league right now, and there's like the Boston format where they have Tatum and Brown who each average over twenty points per game and are like the guys or. There's the Phoenix Suns model or the Memphis Grizzlies model where you have a guy who gets 25 a game like Devin Booker and John Morant. That could be Cade Cunningham. And then you have like four, three to four, 15 to 18 point per guy games underneath him. We could go that route. So we could have Cade as the guy making that leap to 25 a game and then surrounding him with a Sadiq, uh, a Paolo, and then a Miles Bridges all can slot in around that 20. 20 through 15 tier and now you got you got a real team there there's a couple ways you can go about it excited to see what we do yeah there's there's a lot of routes um but my my other one if we're gonna do a third bucket just to hit all the points that i think they could really use is they could use a legit alpha point guard ball handler guard outside of Cade. so like he can be the guy with the ball in his hands all the time, or you have like a Jalen Brunson who can fill it up and also get you like, you know, six 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 assists. I should have picked like five. That's would be much easier to say. Five assists per game uh, as well. You know, like sixteen points per game, five assists alongside Cade to relieve some of that stress. Because like right now, again, he can make the jump. He's very young. Are you chopping Killian again? He's only scoring seven points per game. He's shooting like 25% from three, like 35% from the field. It's just so gross and it's so inefficient. He's still very young, very, very young. I want to keep hammering that home. But like you put a 16 point per game guard next to Cade, I'd be very curious what that looks like. The way they do it with Luca and Cade gets compared to having a similar place out of Luca all the time. Slow, methodical, gets to where he wants to go. And Jalen Brunson has thrived next to him. So I think in... You know, he's a free agent. You make that move. Wouldn't hate it. But I'm also the flexibility. Already rumored interest. I'm also very comfortable, very, very comfortable with Cage just having the ball in his hands every possession and being the point guard as well. Totally fine with me. Like Kevin Durant said, when you have a six, seven point guard, things are tough. I, I don't tell. disagree. I can't tell if Evan's frozen this time. He definitely is. Wow. I thought he was just really still. Yeah, it's hard to sell sometimes. Uh, and then obviously, as we kind of wait for him to come back, the biggest thing will just be like, what happens with Jeremy Grant? But I think for now, the best thing to do is just kind of wait Trade until him. wait until we see what happens with that, and then we'll react to the news. Still really good, though. So, I was looking at the stats, and like, he didn't play mm. enough games as you'd want, but still can go out there, I mean, and get 40 points. I asked points. you the other day if it would be worth just keeping him. The only thing with the timeline, the, the the dirty T word timeline, is that he's getting closer to thirty. He'll be here. They'll be thirty before we know it, and then it's like I don't know. But eventually, I'm, you're gonna have some older guys on the team at yeah. some point. It's oh, not yeah. gonna be a twenty-two yeah, year old forever. Kane Sadiq will be thirty-two before we know it. Mm, I hope 
my next 10 years don't go that fast. Evan, you didn't miss much. I just basically said, I think you probably heard some of it, but that the other route would just be getting another guard to play alongside Cade. That's like pretty legit. Yeah, ball handler. Somebody can get their own bucket. And you can always go, we could also go like the massive center route. The guy that's going to grab you 12 rebounds a game and get you 15. But that's kind of scary in today's NBA. Yeah, it is. I'm more of an athletic, be as athletic and as possible. Teams aren't really dumping it down low anymore. You don't really need to defend the post or back to the basket. You more kind of have to be versatile around the three-point line. Yeah, I think you want a guy that can also like rack up assists like a big man, like Giannis and Jokic are obviously their two like MVP candidates. But when you look at their, like they're grabbing all the rebounds, but they're also making plays. So that's why like Apollo is so intriguing to people because he's 6'10". So he can grab a bunch of boards and also like make plays for other people on his team. Um, with all that being said, we'll continue to talk about the Pistons, but in a different way into our snake draft. Haven't done one in a while. Everyone, I hope, remembers the ground rules. Classic snake draft fashion. Um, they're always testy. You never want your picks stolen. Let's get the random number generator up so we know this is legit. And the snake draft, if you're just joining now, if you skipped ahead, is the worst draft picks in Detroit sports history from the year 2000 to now. Five picks each. Um, Alex, your number in the random number generator generator will be one i will be two evan will be three generate alex you get to choose where you want to go you want to go one wow hopefully you don't make a bad pick bad first pick in the worst pick draft (laughs) that's funny joke two okay i got two i will go second so evan's on the wraparound which kind of sucks but also could be nice get get two solid ones there um, so Alex, without further ado, again, this is the Pistons, the Lions, the Tigers, and the Red Wings. In the Detroit Shock. Oh, wow. That would be first pick. I don't even know who uh, you take. All right. Detroit without further City, ado. FC. Oh, oh my God. I just thought of actually a really funny one. With if the I, first so, pick. If someone took Shea Patterson for the, the Panther. The, the Michigan USA. Panthers hasn't even played a game yet. Yeah. Uh, with the first pick in the worst draft, I will take the obvious, I think, obvious first choice, Darko Milicic. Yeah, that was that was my white whale, my number one. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how we all think about this, but the big thing for me in this draft is going to be who they were taking ahead of. And when you draft mm-hmm. him above Carmelo, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade, we, we, we were looking at a full— Won, won a championship— Yes. And some of his early highlights did not look that bad. No, he was bad. He became a professional kickboxer in his home country of Serbia. Evan, is it is it unfair? Is it too egregious to say that that team with Carmelo or Dwayne Wade wins five three. championships? I think three. Five hard as hell. At least two. <laughs> five is a ridiculous amount. <laughs> but if you think about it, if it was Dwayne Wade. That is who we had to play in the Eastern Conference Finals every year. You take him off that team. We cakewalk through the East every year and then are fully rested to take on the Does Spurs. Does Dwayne Wade fully develop into what he is? Yes. With Rip and Tayshawn and Chauncey? Even better. You wonder. Probably more we'll Carmelo, but at least three, right? I think a couple. Yeah. I'm well, not 2004 think. with no help. So probably 2005, <laughs> 2006. And then you went back in... 
we don't lose to Robert Ori, I'll tell you that. Yeah, we beat the Spurs. Just give us three. Give us three, Pete. Give yeah, us four, five, and six. 2007, somebody leaves for more damn, money. Dude, this draft is good. I knew Yeah, we wouldn't be able to hold that whole team together, though. Yeah, we would Anyways. have let Tayshaun We'd have Dwayne probably. Wade to replace whoever we let go. Yeah, it'd be Tayshaun, most likely. Or maybe Drew Rick, Smiley pitched today. Sorry, way off topic. But that is stunning. <laughs> no, that was fair. That's fair to say. Um, it, I knew this draft was going to be depressing, depressing, but it already hit me even more than I thought, thinking about we would have lived through an actual dynasty in our young childhood years and how, like, which is probably for the best. We would go to like seven Eastern Conference <laughs> Finals in a row. It's that's not, like not it. That's not, that's that's not a dynasty. Reason. But like we would have probably best though. We would have been. I felt like I would have been very cocky if my team was like that good in sports. Kind of like how Boston kids are. Like you just watch that much success, you just think you're going to win everything. So maybe it's best that we didn't draft one of those guys. But who am I kidding? It's, it's absolutely not. Um, with the second pick in the draft. Killian Hayes. No, I'm just I'm, I'm with you guys. <laughs> um, I was gonna leave the Zoom. Um, this is tough. Do I want to kick off? Do it. Do a Red Wings one. <laughs> do I want to kick off? I think I have one Red Wings guy on my list. I have zero. I wanted to sprinkle it out. Um, I will go NFL, and it wasn't the highest pick that they flubbed, but it is the most talked about most still talked about to this day hateable Eric Ebron in the 2014 draft was he Aaron Donald he was the 10th pick so a top 10 pick and when you just look at the names the four names the, no, no 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 Grant the the seven names right behind him let me read you this list now it's going to start off bad because you guys hate this guy but he's still an okay tackle with injury problems Taylor Luan went right behind him Odell Beckham Jr. after that Aaron Donald, Kyle Fuller for Chicago, Ryan Shazier, Zach Martin, guard for Dallas, and CJ Mosley, linebacker, Baltimore. All of those guys are better than Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron could not catch passes and also was not liked by fans because he would talk about how fans would get him for dropping said passes. I mean, it's one of the worst picks of all time. A tight end. Agreed. This, we, this sucks. We, this draft sucks. And we had the nuts, a different regime, to take another tight end, Hawkinson, early. Uh, I'm not. I don't think I'm spoiling a pick, but at least that worked out better. But still, crazy that this organization has like taken two massively high picks on tight ends. And when I feel like you can just go on the waiver wire and get away with Jimmy Graham at the age of the 35. Waiver wire, uh, fantasy football. <laughs> okay, Alex, put your <laughs> away, Evan. <laughs> Three and four, baby. Take us three and four back to back. You know, NFL draft is in season, so I'm gonna go two Lions players back to back. Number one, Jelani Tavai. (laughs) This guy is absolute. Also, was a bum. Doesn't help that Patricia and Bob Quinn drafted him second round. Um, just an absolute complete no name from Hawaii. I hope he is still failing in the NFL like he did for the Lions. Dude, the funniest thing about this, and I love grudges because, like, I didn't have him on my list because I, I, didn't I was lazy. I forgot about him. I didn't look at the second round, but I love that Evan just pinpointed second round. Evan, the you so mad when, you at when this happened? Yes. I don't remember exactly we, where we I went to the movies that night. I'm going to figure out. I'm going to find you a name to piss you off even more who was behind him. I'm going to go look right now. I oh, I have a list for you, Grant. Oh, yes. I do. Yes. There's a bunch of studs behind him. Okay. Um, yes, it's defense, but a lot of these guys' names are on offense. Okay. How about some of these? Eric McCoy, 
Okay, started 16 games the last two years for the Saints. Solid offensive lineman. You know, you could always use offensive line help. Um, oh, no. I A.J. Brown. Oh, no. D.K. AJ Metcalf. Brown. Oh, no. Kill Hardman. Okay, if you want to go defense, okay, Taylor Rapp. Okay, safety for the Rams. Pretty solid. Oh, Terry McLaurin also on this list. <laughs> and I'm missing a couple of names, too, because I can put them all on my notes. I'd even take Greedy Williams, and he's been hurt a lot. F word. I mean, just the absolute Miles Sanders blunder that they fail, failed there in the second round. It is a moment where, like, your second round has to be a starter and has to contribute for many years to come. And when that name was drafted, your first reaction was, who the F is this and why? Evan was super mad when it happened. I can confirm. I almost broke my hand on your coffee table. <laughs> <laughs> All right. God, you're up good. again. That is good. I'm assuming it's going to be another Bob Quinn guy. It unfortunately, is not. We're going way back to where a player barely played football, and we took him with the fifth overall pick in 2013, <laughs> 2013 Ziggy Ansah. Oh, another hateful Evan pick. The production value for the fifth overall pick, terrible. Um, yes, he had his shining moments, but I think 2013, this team was competing for like divisional championships and playoff runs. And when you have a guy that barely played football, now you look back on the 2013 draft and you're like, wow, this draft stunk. There's not that many I good names behind them. So bad. You have really to like bad. get to like the late of like the late first and like second round to where you actually find like studs. The first round was absolute garbage. Um, but still like the value there, it's just so terrible. Um, and we got rid of him and he was injury prone. So another bad pick by the Lions. Yeah, the, the only, only reason I didn't have him on my big board because, like I said, I'm very biased to who was taken after them. And when I looked at this, I almost puked just like looking at the names after him. They're just as bad, if not worse, until you get to Sheldon Richardson at 13. But that's still close enough where you could have taken a defensive tackle at five. So still definitely worthy because he didn't he didn't do much. And also, it's always a red flag when it's like, oh, yeah, he started playing football like just three years ago, basically. So we're going to take him with the fifth pick of the draft. What a story. <laughs> Maybe take a guy who's just been playing it for longer. I don't know. Call me crazy. Um. All right. Now to my second pick. Ooh. Do I stay football or do I go back? Do I shock Alex with a pick? No, I don't. I go with another Lions. We're just chopping them to death on this draft. It's going to continue right now. Is uh, 2005. I bought this man's jersey, Mike Williams, with the 10th pick in the draft. You look right behind him Demarcus Ware, Sean Merriman. Thomas Davis, just three stalwarts in the NFL (laughs) right behind a wide receiver in the top 10 who absolutely was buns for the Lions. And uh, (laughs) yeah, I don't even know where his jersey's at. I don't even think I could sell it at a garage sale uh, around that time for $5 with how terrible that I definitely don't have that jersey anymore. So Mike Williams, 2005. Just gross. And that's all I'll say about it. I don't want to give any more away because I have a feeling there could be other similar themes later in this draft for that strategy by the Lions. So it's me. I get two now. Yes, sir. I'm chopping the shit out of the Lions. (laughs) All right. First, we'll go with the second overall pick in 2003, Charles Rogers. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, he played like five games. Horrendous. Fifteen, um, actually. You That's wanted, crazy. Low. You want to know who we drafted? Who we could have drafted? Yeah, Andre Johnson went third. Oh. Dude, uh, that's, Troy Palomalu. That's so bad that the same position one the pick next later pick, yeah, was, was unbelievable. A, a very no, good. Sorry. Very he was, good player. He was not unbelievable. He was really good. <laughs> so, yeah, that's all you really need to know. I mean, it was a horrendous pick. RIP. Tough. He did just die. So, not R. chopping R. him. But, and he is a Michigan State uh, alum. He was a good player at Michigan State. Shows that you're not biased. Correct. And then my next one, also Lions. This is a hateful pick. This is in the Evan style. Love it. Tease Tabor in the oh. second round. Disgusting pick by Bob Quinn. I knew right away when we drafted him, he ran like a 4.9540 as a cornerback. <laughs> I was like, are you serious? We drafted a guy that's the same speed as Grant? I mean, there's no Fair. way he can play at the NFL. Fair. Uh, some guys we could have drafted. Yep. Make it hurt. Uh, let's see. Alvin Kamara, Cooper Cup, Super oh. Bowl MVP, Cooper Cup. No way. Uh, That's Chris really Godwin, good, Kareem Hunt. Lots, lots of guys. Lots of dudes. Trey Hendrickson. Shoot, even Raekwon McMillan, right? At, or didn't did he get in trouble? I don't know. That I get those linebackers confused. Jake Butt, George is that, Kittle. Is that Cunningham? Jake Butt. George Kittle. Gross. Juju was only a couple of picks later. Yeah, I just you didn't like Juju side. Larry Ogunjobi just signed a big deal. Yeah. So Tease Tabor, horrendous pick. Horrendous. Why would you draft a corner that runs a 540? Five second 40. Bad draft pick. Great draft pick for this draft. That was that was good stuff. Do I go yeah. back? To the Pistons with my third pick is the big question. Just keep chopping the lines. I see like five more on this list. <laughs> At um, least. Mm, I'll go back to the Pistons so they can't get off the hook that easily. And there's, I'm staring at five. I have five on this list that aren't named Darko Milicic. I have four. And I'm just trying to think of which one probably hurt the most looking back at it. And even though he had some fun moments for us. It's got to be Luke Kennard in 2017 because the next picks were Donovan Mitchell and Bam Adebayo. I mean, we're talking about two all-stars, two just absolute dudes in college that we knew about, that were talked about. One went to Kentucky. The other one went to Louisville. Blue Bloods. Luke Kennard went to Duke. He's a blue blood. But nothing against the guy. Just wasn't the right pick at that time. And really, could have been a bright side. It was the nail in the coffin for a regime of the Pistons that was doing very bad at drafting players. Very, very bad. Yeah. That one hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. Keeping up the trend with the Pistons, I got two more hate uh hate ones. Um one that I, I feel I know good for- about. I feel good about one because I was right when it happened. Can I guess? I Can I guess? Right. You know who it is. It's just it, it's just obvious. Is that who you're picking right here? Seku, yes, Seku, <laughs> the bum way. Evan was furious the day we drafted him. He said he would never root for the Pistons again. Damn, and I was right. And Alex was and a friend of the podcast, Cody, <laughs> was just trying to prove me right. Like, no, I'll give it time, dude. He's gonna be good. Just look at him. He's gonna be the be next positive Siakam. Right. And no, no yeah, he we got rid of him. He got cut from the Lakers. <laughs> um, Did he really? 
Yeah, he yeah, I mean, he's for not like a ten it. days, and he got he played one game, I think, and they said, "Yeah, we don't." I remember want people you. were like upset when Weaver finally got rid of him. I was like, "Hey, what, dude? Like, what do you think he's going to become?" Yeah. Um. God, he's terrible. So keeping on that trend, um, the reason why we still are trying to rebuild for the Pistons, um, Henry Ellison. Oh, I knew you would was drafted on Marquette by Stan Van Gundy. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know who was drafted behind him. I just know that it was a terrible pick. Do you um, know what draft that was? It was no twenty before 2018, 2016? 2016. I'm looking. Um, Seiko didn't really have that much talent behind him around either. It's just like the overall, they did not pan out and they were bust. And the reason why the Pistons are still trying to rebuild. Pascal Siakam, Deontay Murray, Karis LeVert. Even yeah, I would even take Karis LeVert. Even give me Malik Beasley. I would take Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, there's some guys. Gross. Gross. It's a testament to this draft that I still have so many of mine left. That just how many bad draft picks are basically two teams. This draft is easy because of how horrendous we are drafting the Lions Uh, and the Pistons. I think those are gonna be all the picks. So this is my fourth pick. I kind of want to do this to steal Alex's thunder. I want to just him right here. Alive. No. Jeff Okuda, 2020, took him over Justin Herbert. You t- actually taking him? I'll do it. Jeff Okuda. Dude. Now, I still the I thought I could get him for free at the end. I don't want to get it twisted. I do think this man can still be a bad player, so it's a little dirty I'm taking him, but you cannot sit here and say Justin Herbert would not have been better for this team. They could have accelerated the Matthew Stafford trade plan sooner and I mean and like Alex says taking a cornerback at 3, it never happens. We did it. Disgusting. And I still I was think so he can be pissed that day. And if Jeff hears this, I just want him to know I'm still in his camp. I'm ride or die Jeff Okuda. I just have to mention Justin Herbert would be sweet on the Lions. <laughs> you think? Yeah, it'd be awesome. He'd look so good in the Honolulu blue with his hair flowing out of his helmet. Taking us to the wild card game like clockwork at least. I like to pat myself on the back going into that draft. I said I wanted Herbert over Tua, Tua, based off of size. That's huge for you, Evan. I was I was definitely blinded by Tua. I still haven't given up on Tua. I haven't given up on Okuda. Mm. Can you admit if Tua isn't good this year, you have to give up on him because he's got everything he needs and more? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, you could say he's coming off an injury. Okuda was in a bad situation. Bad. Um, no depth behind him. You just get rid of our best corner that we've ever had. And he has to replace those shoes, and then we're gonna run man to man. You have to chase the best player. You poncho wearing trying to run this organization. God, just, just absolutely terrible. That was more of a picture, so Alex couldn't take it. It's fair. It's fair. All right. To me, I get two picks, and I'm done. Yes, sir. All right, I'll get some more pistons in here, so I don't just chop the lines the whole time. I'll go with the eighth pick in the NBA draft, Brandon Knight. Great pick, Alex. Drafted over Kemba, Clay, Kawhi, even Tobias Harris. A bunch of players that are better than him, honestly. Even Corey Joseph. Tough. 
Yeah, so really, really bad pick. Now the And only- he's only remembered for getting posterized by everybody in the league. The only thing I guess you could say against it was at least he went to Kentucky and was like a big name in college. So they would have been like, okay, this kid should be good in the NBA. And he was okay. He just wasn't the guys behind him at all. Not even close. Yeah. I mean, Kawhi and Clay Thompson. Come on. Oof, Not that Kemba. you could have known, right? Because drafting's are hard. And blah, Kemba blah, blah, just blah. had like the best college season of all time. That is tough. Yeah. That is yeah. tough. At least we didn't draft Jimmer. Um, and then what do I want to do for the last pick? Hmm. Hmm. I'll go with another piston. The eighth pick just a couple years, a few years later, Stanley Johnson (laughs) drafted over Devin Booker. That's a great pick, Alex. You know why? Because that that this pick lives in infamy because that picture of Devin Booker in the Pistons practice jersey gets recycled on Twitter once every three months Devin with a Booker quote of him saying Michigan. that he would love to play for Detroit. He's from Michigan, saying, I would love to play for this team after his individual workout. And we took Stanley Johnson. Who sucked. And everyone thought after the series against Cleveland that he was the greatest defender in the NBA. I did. I thought Stanley Johnson was the truth and that we were on an upwards trajectory. I'd rather have Bobby Portis than him. Larry Nance Jr. over him. Montres Harrell over him. There's a million guys. Probably even just like younger Larry Nance too. Brandon Dawson got drafted that year. Wow. Shout out him. Shout out him. Pat Connaughton, 41st. We'll take him over Stanley as well. All right. My last pick. Hmm. There's one there for the lie downs that I'm thinking of. But I'm going to go with one to get into what you guys tapped into where when it was announced, I knew I didn't like it at all. I had terrible vibes from it. This was the 2013 Pistons draft. We took Kentavious Caldwell Pope. I said, who? He played at Georgia? Okay. He's just a 3 and D, but skinny. Now, the, the reason it's my last pick is because really only CJ McCollum was behind him. when you I thought Giannis him. was. Yeah, but, dude, if we Hard landed now. If we if, if we landed Giannis, that would have been a miracle. Like I, who knows? But the only name that was like, okay, that kid was really good in college, CJ McCollum. It would have been nice. He went to a small school, though. That's why but it's not beat like Duke in the tournament. Yeah, so it's not. It wasn't a no-brainer pick. Um, when it comes to KCP, but I just remember NBA like, champion. This, I was like, this isn't going to work out at all. Yeah, no, yeah, and you can imagine Grant. Who, myself, who despises LeBron with every fiber of my being, that KCP was helping him win a title in the bubble. That just made me want to throw up everywhere on the floor. What draft was this? 2013. I'm mean, looking at all these Pistons, drafts, and there's some just Pistons no really talent drafts. Did, oh, yeah. I think 2013 oh, is the no Anthony talent draft. Bennett, Victor Oladipo, Otto Porter, Cody Zeller, Alex Len, Nerlens Noel. It's the yeah, top six. That was. The that one draft that Evan talked about in the NFL that would be its comp. That draft was terrible. Oh, this this draft is bad. Evan's guy Kelly Olynyk went thirteenth. 
And he's like, like one of the best players. Legitimately, like the whole first round pretty much is buns. Wow, it's really bad. <laughs> uh, this is stunning. <laughs> if you ever, if you just love gross stuff, go to the 2013. This NBA is draft. the worst draft I've ever seen. There's like four guys that play up. Oh, Rudy Gobert went 27th, but no one likes yeah. him anyways. You can even make the argument he's like terrible in the playoffs pretty much. Tony so. Snell from New Mexico. <laughs> uh, Evan, you have two picks, right, to end this puppy out? Or just one? Just one. Just one, except like tw- twice already. I want to just do like try to do an Alex thing and say hopefully this flies. Um, it's probably no. not going to. Like call your shot? No, just like say I'm going to do this, but it's like it's like three guys in one. Um, uh, uh, it's probably just going to be an honorable mention. It's going to be an honorable mention. I'm just bringing it up now so you guys know in advance. Um, <laughs> you know, so I've done Lions. I've done Pistons, Red Wings. So hard to tell, you know, half the names you look at their list, you're like, well, I don't know 95% of these guys. The list um, I looked at, I couldn't name any of them. So, <laughs> so I'm going to go honestly. to the Tigers um, to bring them into the mix. There's two names that have been floating around here, um, but I'm going to go 2009. We drafted a young pitching stud, Jacob Turner. Um, some notable players behind him. You might ask, Evan, that was 2009. That's so far long ago. Um, Drew Storen, pretty solid career. AJ Pollock, Tiger Killer, as of recently. Um, Tyler Maystick, I'm butchering that name, probably. He pitches for the Braves now. Um, And, oh, by the way, guess who was drafted in 2009? Max Scherzer. Nope. Damn. The greatest baseball player of our generation. Babe Ruth. Miguel Cabrera. Mike Trout. Mike Trout was drafted in 2009. (laughs) Uh, you could have just said that name only. Jacob Turner. Oh, wait, we took him over Mike Trout? Yes, Mike Trout was drafted in the 20s, and we took Jacob Turner 10th overall, 9th overall. Woof. Woof. I think that'd be a good... I think. Do you want it to be an honorable mention? Do you want it to be your fifth pick? No, that'll be my fifth pick. All right. Jacob Turner. Wow. From St. Louis, Missouri. Mike Trout. What a Westminster Christian Academy. What a gross but great draft this was. Um, Honorable mentions. Yeah. Anybody got any? I have one. I have the entire a lot. 2011 Lions draft. <laughs> Look it up. I, I I've seen it. It's horrible. Have all it's the listeners r- can pause right now. I'll give you a couple seconds. I'm looking at that. It's so gross. Now they all just spit out their coffee in their water by looking at what we drafted in 2011. Nick Fairley, Titus Young, Mikel Ashore. Oh my God. And like I had all of them on my list. Picks. Yeah, and they only had five picks, but when you have three picks in the top 60 and they're all bad, that's pretty tough. Nick Fairley did play a couple of years, but then it like we didn't need him. There's other positions in need. Like that team was on verge of going to like championships and trying to win the division. And we just, I just found he got to play in a playoff game, I believe. So did Nick Fairley. Titus Young and Mikel Shore were off the team by 2013 and they were drafted in 2011. Didn't Mikel Shore eat weed in his car? Yes, yes, with Nick Farrelly. <laughs> Worst, yeah, really bad drafts. Uh, job at best, pretty bad. I had job at best on there. Joey Harrington, come on. Well, so here I'm actually proud of us for not taking Joey because I feel like if we were alive, in feels like it wasn't we fair. We would have loved it because like he seemed like the guy. He was on the cover of NCAA football. Like you gotta take Joey Harrington, and our just dumpster organization ruined his career. 
Do you say if we were alive, Grant, we were alive. If we were doing we, the show. We were six. If we were podcasting in our diapers. Um, Brandon Pettigrew was on my list. Oh, I hated him. God, that's a great name. I don't, he's so irrelevant. I've never even thought about him really since he left. He went 20th overall. It was bad because then we trade up for him too. Because we, yes, we got we Stafford traded back first into the overall, first. And then we traded, I think, back into the first. God, that's even worse. I got, I definitely slipped on this because i got blinded by looking at like top 10 picks because i wanted those big misses but there was some really good ones you guys pulled from like either second round or late first in the nfl draft because those are still massive picks for your organization um i want <laughs> behind the scenes evan i wanted i was gonna give alex some money jokingly i don't think i would have but to, to say matthew stafford <laughs> just to trigger you and see what, what you would have done i would have just i would have exited the meeting I'm like you guys can take the rest of this I would not have done that. Come on now. Um, other one I have. Okay. So I had a Tigers one and a Red Wings one that I just didn't know enough about to use. But in 2003, this is real deep. We took a guy named Kyle Sleeth really high in the first round. And a name behind him that went was Nick Markakis, which would have been a better pick looking back at it. And then in 2005, we took Jakob Kindle for the Red Wings. Mm, and I right saw behind him. On the him list. His right, only name I knew. Right behind him was Tuka Rask and TJ Oshie. So those two guys would have been Ooh. sweet as Red Wings. Um, also, just shout out the 2009 first round NFL draft. It's really bad. Also, that draft is horrendous. Stafford went one and then ugh, disgusting. Start that. naming off some names. Jason Smith, Tyson Jackson. This is in order. And, you and Tyson Jackson from order. LSU, defensive end. Aaron Curry, Mark Sanchez, Andre Smith, Darius Hayward Bay, Eugene Monroe, BJ Raji, Michael Crabtree, Aaron Maven, No Sean Moreno. No Sean. I was such a big No Sean guy. That hurts. Malcolm Jenkins went. Did anyone think about taking Roy Williams in 04? No, I thought he was decent. He was okay. Ben Roethlisberger was behind him. So Jonathan Vilma, looking mm-hmm. back at it, but. He was, he was the, the thing is Mike Williams was so terrible that when you had two Williams, just being Roy Williams kind of helped. Like, at least he's not Mike Williams. Uh, I have another one. Pistons, uh, Gonzaga hater, Evan Cadmus, Austin Austin day, Day. 15th overall. Ew. Scrub. I I had drew holiday went 17. I had 2010. It's a little unfair because he was okay, but, uh, the game was starting to change around then Greg Monroe taking him over Paul George. Yeah. Paul George is not amazing, and he has a goofy playoff P nickname, but he's still much better than Greg Monroe. Gordon Hayward was also there. He's up and down, but still would have liked him better than Greg Monroe. Um, yeah. And then my last one, and I understand it's harsh, and I'm not, I didn't pick it for a reason, but it, we had to monitor it. We took Killian Hayes over Tyrese Halliburton in the 2020 draft um, when Tyrese Halliburton was getting a lot it's of early us. Grant. But, and yes, Tyrese is two years older, so we have to give Killian the benefit of the doubt, but. Tyrese Alburn averaged like 16 points and eight assists this year already. So that could be one we look back on. But it's yeah. early. Killian hasn't been traded yet, so yeah. he's better than that. True. Um, yeah, so that gets you guys ready for the dark side of the draft. And then, so I think how we're going to do it is the next episode might have a guest. We'll TBD. We'll see. But you can guarantee we're going to be talking about like, we did last year where lines like dream scenarios, um, worst case scenarios, all those kind of hypotheticals. And then the next week before Thursday, because there's two shows into the draft, the next one, the one closest will be just the live mock draft. T 
TBD if we actually go seven rounds because I did two today and like I was just seven is probably anybody. too much. I think I was I was bullish to take Jalen Naylor on the seventh round. I was there. I was like, yeah, give me a guy I know. Give me Jalen Naylor. Let's return some punts. So he's we'll going see. in the fifth. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see if we uh, do a full seven. But you can look forward to those two draftings coming, and they'll be more positive than this was. But this is just to kind of get ourselves ready for failure if it happens. Um, and that's the show. So at shot of MS everywhere on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook, how to listen to this show, Apple podcast, Spotify, YouTube. Um, and then for the Twitter account or for the social accounts, Twitter, you see a lot of like, we'll do a lot of game highlights, a lot of like quick stuff, Instagram, more graphics and whatnot. Um, but just the, the, the different accounts have different things. And then Apple pod, Spotify, YouTube, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, ratings really help reviews, help sending links to friends, all that good stuff. And then pretty light, uh, people took it, the people, the listeners had an off week when it came to listener questions, which is okay. Sometimes you need to rest and recharge, but if we can get some more for next show, we can sprinkle another life questions. Um, if we get, you know, three to four good ones, we'll have that for you guys as well. Assuming everyone likes it. And so keep submitting questions with all that being said, cheers to episode 67. Cheers to getting the next two drafts right, unlike this drafts we just listed. Happy Easter, and then also happy coach search. Michigan State Hockey is looking for a new one. Mm. Goodbye, Dan. Cheers to Cade Cunningham's Rookie of the Year season.